everybody. Welcome back to my studio and welcome back to Politics for Teens. Today we are doing something different. For the first time in our podcast history, we have a special guest. Today the guest joining our studio but only in spirit is Amiri. <laughs> Amiri, will, Amiri will be going to college with me next fall and this is the first time we are talking to each other. So nice to meet you Amiri. Nice to meet you too. Would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners, firstly? Yes, of course. So I'm Amiri. I'm from Washington, D.C., and I'm super big on social activism and just advocating for people in general. Nice. We are very happy to have you on our podcast as our very first guest. (laughs) Thank Um, you. I'm so honored. (laughs) Yes. Today we'll be talking about a very hot topic right now, um, abolition of police or defunding the police. I felt like a lot of young people could have misunderstandings about it, um, as it does sound, you know, radical um, if if you've never imagined or thought about things like it. So today we have a guest here to tell us all about it. Um, All our listeners know, because I've talked about it in my last episode, that being a good ally is giving a voice to the Black community rather than speaking for them. So I invited him. Well, um, firstly for our listeners, would you define what abolishing the police means? Yeah, so abolition of police in a lot of cases means picturing or imagining a society where there are different systems in place to respond to things that people would normally call the police for. So for example, if there was someone who was perhaps having some type of mental breakdown, instead of calling the police people that are armed and not necessarily the most equipped for the situation, it would be a society where you call social workers or mental health professionals or people that know how to deal with different parts of society other than just direct crime and with direct force. Mm-hmm. And um, what is the difference? Because, you know, there's a lot of slogans that say that says defunding the police. What is the difference between defunding the police or like abolishing the police? So defunding the police is taking funds that are usually put in place for the police system in different cities and reinvesting that into those social services that I mentioned earlier. So instead of such a huge amount of money going to the police when they might not or usually don't respond to situations as well as a social worker or a mental health professional could, there's a reinvestment of those funds into those different social services. Hmm. And um, so you could understand that defunding the police is like the first step to, to abolishing the police. Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of the way of a lot of activists and people that realize that the system needs change. It's the way of making sure the police don't have too much power or that they don't have a monopoly over every part of every part of almost just social inequality now. So if there's, a situation people's first instinct is to call the police and that's been normalized for so long but it needs to be oh call the mental health professional or call someone that knows how to deal with this or call a different type of first responder so it's a way of redistributing power so it's not so much of a monopoly Mm -hmm. um and i know it might be obvious with everything happening but um our listeners like range from middle schoolers that solely function on tiktok (laughs) to like to like college admit so just everyone's on the same page can you tell us why do we need to defund the police and get rid of the system yeah of course so the police force as we know it now was not funded 
or founded to protect everyone. Instead, it was quite the opposite. The police force has a really negative history in dealing with Black communities, and that history continues to persist and perpetuate itself today, as there are so many incidents that don't need to happen and that occur with bias and just overt racism in Black communities. Like, for example, recent events have happened with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, and those are just two examples of instances of brutality that are unnecessary, that are inflicted upon the Black community by the police. Yes, I actually saw like a timeline of the police and it was like first founded so that, you know, white people could um, put like weird crimes um, on Black people so they could like keep enslaving them. Like that's why the police was first founded. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I was going around social media. Yeah, it's so true. And like, it's so crazy. It's so crazy to think about that. But when you really start to unpack it, it's not hard to believe at all. There's a picture online and actually a slave patrol badge looks almost identical to police badges. So it's really just transformed over time. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to um, clarify to our listeners that abolishing the police does not mean getting rid of um, law enforcement altogether, yeah. right? Yeah, it means mm-hmm. redistributing the funds. So you've t- touched about what it would be replaced with. Would there other things that um, are redistributed by the funds taken away from the police? Yeah, so overall, when activists have laid out plans, there is a redistribution of the funds into school systems, which have been defunded, which no one thinks of as radical, defunding school systems, when really that is counterproductive to almost every aspect of society, because so much work needs to be done in schools and in communities. But instead, schools oftentimes get defunded. And I went to an art school in high school. And a lot of times people try to defund arts education and things surrounding that. So I've experienced, you know, Washington, D.C. trying to do budget cuts for my school or just defunding education in general. And instead of that, we'd have funds going into things like education and then mental health networks and other types of first responders. So it would be a different it would be it would definitely just be a different type of. Yeah, it would, yeah, it would just be a different type of law enforcement that wouldn't be so hmm, violent. Know, yeah, so violent. Yeah. And it would also tackle a lot of the aspects of anti-Blackness that aren't overtly violent. Like, say, in upper class sub- suburbs, if someone overdoses on something, then they get rehab. They don't go to jail. But if in mm-hmm. lower income, more urban settings, if someone overdoses on something then it's more likely that they'll go to jail mm-hmm. yeah so defunding the police there's been a lot of great analogies of that online and one of the best ones i've seen is from a white woman and she talks about how in white communities the police are already kind of defunded there are things in place that aren't necessarily so instead of just calling the police on someone someone would call their therapist which a lot of times black communities or certain black urban communities and lower class communities don't have access to. So instead of overdosing and calling the police, you'd overdose. If someone overdosed, you'd call a mental health professional, or if someone was having a mental health crisis, you wouldn't call the police on them and, and potentially, you know, put them at risk of a even more harmful situation, but you could call a mental health professional, which could be funded by the reinvestment of funds. Uh Uh-huh. And um, this could all be like, coordinated by the system like you can you only have to call like 
one number um, in an emergency, and then they coordinate who will show up. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, also, I was gonna say,、um, when I was really young, we lived in Australia for two years. Oh, really? And one time, my mother cut her fingers like really badly,、mm-hmm. uh, cutting a watermelon, and、um, my dad、um, wrapped it around. But it, he did it way too tight,、mm-hmm. so her fingers felt like it was gonna fall off,、oh. like it was hurting so bad, and it was just got because he cut the circulation. So my dad freaked out and called nine one one, and then,、um, well, I don't know what the equivalent nine one one is in Australia, but、um, they called emergency, and、um, a domestic abuse social worker came,、mm-hmm. like a social worker came. Yeah. So. Now that I think of it, you know, it's not only a radical idea; it's probably in place in a lot of other countries. Yeah, and it was actually implemented in America in Camden, New Jersey. They、mm-hmm. defunded the police, and the city's crime in the time that they've done it has dropped by close to half. Yes, I actually saw that. I will、um, reference that post. In、um, the description, so that people can see that. But it was actually really interesting because it was one of the highest crime rate cities, like in the entire world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really crazy to see how it actually worked so well for them. How would violent crimes such as like murder and、um, like domestic terrorism be dealt with? Yeah. So with the defunding of police, there would still be. People to take care of those extreme situations. It wouldn't be a lot of times people have the misconception that defunding or the abolition of police means anarchy or just no one to keep people accountable for when those things happen, when those things, when those incidents happen. But that's not the case. There would still be things in place for extremely violent crimes like murder or assault and armed robbery and things、mm. like that. So that's a common misconception when people see the headlines of. Abolish the police or defund the police, but it doesn't mean there's not going to be anyone to take care of those situations. Oh, okay. So it'll just be a much smaller scale, like the violent department of the police. That is, all of the police right now will just be a small part of the law enforcement agencies. Yeah, and it's kind of like it's under the same window, but different in the sense that. Really, what it means is that we don't need police for everything, like police. Do or try to do everything now. We don't need to call the police when a cat goes up a tree, or we don't need to call the police when we see something really minor happening. And that's one of the one of the big things, or the big thing that we need to reimagine what police are for. Police aren't supposed to be for things like people having a mental health crisis or someone experiencing homelessness. That's not what it's supposed to be for. It's supposed to be for protecting citizens. Even though it was originally founded on only protecting white citizens, what we Experience now is intended to protect all citizens, but the way that police respond to all situations, it's not really working. It's not, it's not working in favor of all citizens. Yeah, when I think about it, police is supposed to be so many things, and like how are, like they've only been trained for eight months. Yeah, yeah, they can't. I was just gonna say that that's the thing. People are trained to do other things. Like there are mental health professionals and social workers and. Domestic abuse workers that know how to deal with those situations in ways that police don't, and unfortunately, aren't trained to. Yeah,、um, you know that there was a post、um, circling around called "A Confession from a Former Bastard Cop," 
and he talks yeah. about how yeah he he as a, a his job as a police officer required him to be a marriage counselor a mental health crisis professional like a conflict negotiator a social worker a child advocate you know traffic safety expert sexual assault specialist and every once in a while a public safety officer authorized to use force so like how we use the police right now is just really unideal yeah it's not ideal at all mm -hmm. And ways of defunding and then redistributing the uh, money goes into education, all these things. And that's um, combating the root problems. But do you think yeah. um, law enforcement would ever be not necessary in a society like America that is rampant extremism, domestic terrorism and gun violence? I don't think that it will ever not be necessary, but I think that it's necessary in a way that it's not right now. I think that for it to truly work, it has to be completely reimagined because we can't continue on in our lives with a system that was built to oppress people. It doesn't, it just doesn't mm -hmm. work. And yeah, it has to be reimagined. And how do you think this idea could be normalized? Because like this country has ever seen anything like it. You know, how do you think they will stop seeing it as radical? I think that I don't know. I've been thinking about that a lot, about the difference between normalize some, normalizing something and people interpreting it as mm -hmm. radical. Because on one hand, it needs to be normalized because what's happening now isn't normal. But on the other hand, I think that people need to recognize that it's radical because right now we have a radical oppression of Black people by the system. And I think that radical times call for radical change. So I think that it's important that people realize that we need to act on this now before this continues for more centuries to come. Yeah, and I think it is being more normalized right now. Um, the LA Times reported that San Francisco Police Department is like defunding their police. Yeah, San Francisco is the first city to respond to what we've been pushing towards. So they are going to do what we've been talking about. They're going to redistribute the money into into education and into different healthcare and different social workers. So they've really listened and they've laid out a plan. So we're going to see how that works. And there was a article um, on New York, New York Times. It was actually an op-ed. And um, for, I think our listeners needs to know that um, most police are not out there catching bad people. Like the yeah. article uh, outlines that one police may be, uh, arrests six people who like did a federal crime and when it does it's like a celebration yeah also um it's really interesting because a lot of times the laws that are in place require police to be oppressive and i think that that's something that people need to take into account too like there are so many laws that have been created that target black individuals for example like the criminalization of marijuana you know, in some states, it's completely legal for people to smoke weed, primarily upper class white people. Mm -hmm. And then in other states, people are serving jail, specifically black people for nonviolent marijuana charges or uh, possession of marijuana and things like that. And police are, you know, or stop and frisk when that was instituted, it gave police a window to go and basically harass black neighborhoods for things like the possession of marijuana, which is now more open and acceptable by so many by so many people but then at the same time there are black people in jail serving time for that so i think that a lot of policing is not this big 
heroic thing that people make it out to be. A lot of it is kind of things that require them to target people and target people unfairly and target people at a disproportionate rate. And when I say people, I'm referring to Black people in particular. Yeah, and it seems like they won't have any job to do because like, the police is just reliant upon being violent on vulnerable communities that if they, you know, stop uh, arresting Black people or, you know, being violent towards them and killing them, that they won't literally have anything else to do. Yeah. Um, Also, um, we would like our listeners to know that um, police reform, instituting more laws and um, rules into the police does not work because um, the culture and community in the police is so allowing there's nobody's there enforcing the rules kind of yeah it's definitely an overwhelming amount of power it's almost impossible for police to be charged with things and police officers do protect each other you know brianna taylor's the police officers who killed brianna taylor the young woman who was shot sleeping in her home they are still not arrested and it took so long for the people who killed george floyd to be arrested there's just an overwhelming amount of power and reform We've tried to reform in the past. People have tried to put in new laws in place and new policies in place, but that is not working. And that's so evident in the things that have happened in the last few months. Yeah, I mean, people think that more rules will mean less violence, but um, they're breaking rules every day. You know, things that we're seeing right now, slashing tires, shoving old men on camera, arresting and injuring journalists on protesters. they are yeah. not worried about repercussions any you know more than uh, people who have undeniable amount of power. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, people have the wrong um, idea that it's just a few cops and um, the institution itself is not bad, but we want to get rid of it because the institution is bad and does not um, have really any rules. So yeah. No, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that, yeah, and a lot of people have been kind of offended recently when people are saying stuff like, oh, all cops are bastards or all cops are bad. And people are like, oh, well, my uncle is a police officer and he got me the best Christmas gift ever when I was younger. But what people fail to understand is that police officers are part of a corrupt system, a system that was founded on oppression in a system that continues to oppress. And until there is major change, in this case, defunding of that system, all cops will be a part of a system that is not Mm -hmm. good. Um, Yeah, and then if we get rid of the root problem, we're not just closing down police precincts, we're making them obsolete, just like how you talked about in uh, white neighborhoods, like there's no need for them anymore. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. Um, And lastly, uh, we close off our podcast with further readings, um, movies, any recommendations that, um, that you know even a middle uh, schooler could understand. Do you have anything to recommend? Yes, I definitely say the movie Just Mercy, which recently came out, is a great resource for everyone of all mm-hmm. ages. Um, it's about Brian Stevenson. He's a lawyer who went to the South and helped get wrongfully convicted Black people off of death row. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good movie. There's also a book if you're a heavier reader. Um, Beloved by Toni Morrison is a great read. Another Country by James Baldwin. Oh. Those are great reads. Yes. Um, 
And I would like to announce to our listeners that um, a social media platform for the um, podcast is coming soon. I haven't decided where, probably Instagram, because <laughs> um, that's the only thing I can actually like uh, use all the time. Uh, yeah. And so that I can like put all the references and put all the posts that I'm talking about on it. Um, and um, so that'll be exciting. So um, thank you for coming on our show, Amiri. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy I got to be the first yes, guest. Yes. Um, it, it was an honor for us too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, so uh, let us close. Um, this was Politics for Teens. See you next time.